It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. May I have your attention, please? You need passion. You need desire. You need want. We play with that passion. We play together. We play for each other. And we play to win. We are Notre Dame. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated International. Jacob McGrath and reporter Len Clark here to recap Notre Dame's 44-34 victory against the North Carolina Tar Heels inside Notre Dame Stadium on Saturday night, moving the Irish up to number eight in the country as we continue towards the back end of this regular season schedule. And Len, probably Notre Dame's best offensive performance today, or, or, or most complete, uh, especially from the quarterback and, and his offensive line, but a couple of worrying signs on the defence in parts of this game. But Len, another weekend, another win. Uh, your thoughts on this one? Well, that celebration, the 24-hour rule, celebrating the win over North Carolina, celebrated. Now it's time to get back to work. A little change this week. Um, they've got to prepare for the Naval Academy, a team that they'll only see that style of offense when they play the military academies. And so it's a total different mindset. Brian Kelly says that they have been preparing for Navy since last spring. But it is probably the most physically challenging game that the Irish will play. I had a chance to talk about the preparation in terms of physicality and nutrition with Brian Kelly, and that's going to be a concern. But just a great win for Notre Dame this past weekend. The offense looked good. The defense did not live up to its usual defensive play. I know that's a concern going into the Navy game, especially with how Navy runs the football, J.P., yeah, well, I think it's tough with the defense because you're missing you're missing your best player, and that is obviously going to kind of change your entire landscape on how you're going to approach approach uh, teams. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Navy game on th- Thursday because that is a truly unique matchup. Uh, I saw in their recent win against Tulsa, or the, the game on the weekend, they only threw the ball three times and none of them were complete. So it's going to be a a physical game, but it seems like they just can't really tackle Notre Dame. You know, some of the, some of the guys felt like they were kind of shying away at points. The Sam Howell quarterback run, his touchdown really annoyed me. Uh, I felt like he was just, I can't believe a quarterback didn't get hit uh, running that length, but fair, fair play to Sam. He was the best player on the field, probably the best quarterback you're going to face all year. Josh Downs is great. 
Um, but the linebackers look tired, and I think Brian Kelly spoke about it today. The, the wear and tear, J.D. Bertrand, Drew White, they're always out on the field. Takes a it takes a toll, and it's one of the thinner groups in terms of the in terms of the depth chart. Schematically wise, again, I saw a lot of the three man fronts. I, I don't really know why why we keep on doing this, um, especially in the moments like just before half time or a quarter end, and you're playing three man, and you're letting these teams get points at the end of these end of these quarters, end of these moments, letting them back into the game. A lot of dime packages where I don't understand it. I thought they only had one target in Josh Downs and. You want to stop the run because they're a running team. You know they've got they've got explosive dudes, but they want to run the football. But listen, you can't complain with the win, uh, beating the spread. Um, but yeah, frustrating. But it's not like a this is a this is a this is a bad thing. They can they can clean this up. Uh, you got to remember a three man front. It's almost getting into a prevent defense, and you're really feeling the fearing the arm of Sam Howell, uh, as opposed to earlier in the season when Marcus Freeman came out with different looks and they seemed a little bit more aggressive. I like your approach with the aggressiveness and trying to deliver that knockout punch early in the ball game, but it seems like the Notre Dame football coaches are just preparing themselves for a 15-round battle. And I, we, the, uh, the media did talk to Brian Kelly about that score at the end of the half. It seems like it's been a pattern over the past couple of games by the opposition. And Brian Kelly says, hey, it's just one of those things. It's not something that we're doing that is allowing teams to score. But with his strategy of deferring, I know North Carolina – won the, uh, the toss this past week. But when a team scores and then they get the ball in the second half, there's a huge momentum shift. And I think possession of the ball is very key with Navy because they can eat up a whole quarter just on one drive. So imagine if Navy has the ball, they score going into the half and have the ball coming out in the second half and then score again on a long drive. You know, Notre Dame is getting out of their game plan and they're reacting and trying to deal with what's been presented from them. That's why it's very important for Notre Dame to get a score early because you can't have any physical or mental mistakes in a game. And it looks like they did not prepare for that against North Carolina with that three-man yeah. play. Yeah, it seemed like they were kind of like preparing more for the, for the, for the pass, but they were still running the ball really, really effectively. Um, but listen, I guess it's, you've, got, you've got a bit of context. This is his first year, none of his guys um, – and he's he's doing a lot with 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 quite a depleted uh, roster in some areas like that. Like look, JD Bertrand. JD Bertrand probably doesn't even start this year. He's been amazing. He's had a turnaround. Drew White feels like he's out on the field at every play. Uh, I'm surprised he hasn't picked up an injury yet. But listen, we'll we'll, we'll get to that uh, Navy game on on Thursday. But a lot of positives offensively. I'll start with the offensive line. Another fantastic offensive line performance from this mid-season put together group. You know, they've only gave up one sack and that Jack Cohn walked into that one. I'm not going to put that on them. The protection was excellent. But they were very physical in the run game. The left side of the line really impresses me. Joel, this is a guy, it's a tight end that he's recruited. They're thinking he's going to red shirt him. He's not going to play. But it's on like 60 pounds. It's the four-string left tackle and he's looking like a beast out there. Andrew Christoffic next has been excellent. Um, yeah, not a third, third straight game, 170 yards. Uh, plus yards, 7.2 uh, um, yards to carry. This unit's really clicking there. Well, and then Kyron Williams with a career high. Now, I've seen yeah. differences. Is it over 200 yards or is it 199 yards? You know, we were getting conflicting. On uh, <laughs> national television, it said over 200 yards, and then the official staff, it said 199. But Kyron Williams makes the offensive line better. Yeah. In that 91-yard touchdown run, I said it was 106 yards because he ran five yards that way and then come back <laughs> because he doesn't hit the hole 
He'll jump around and then find a hole. He'll create an opportunity for himself. And so I think that's what's enabled that offensive line to get a little bit more confidence because the defense doesn't know what they're going to do and uh, with Kyron Williams running the ball. And so Kyron Williams is just a leader and just makes everybody around him much better. He's five foot nine, 199 pounds, and, he, and he's stiff arm in lineman and, and taking it 90 yards of the field. It's like, I said it in the preview, I've got a man, I've got a man crush on this guy. I love him. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's the one thing is that he does use that straight arm. I'm just waiting yeah. for him to get flagged for unnecessary yeah. reference or a face mask on the other side. But yeah, he has taken out a couple of players and embarrassed the opposition. But that's just how special he is. And, and you know, when you take a look at him, you know, obviously he's gone. He's going to go mm-hmm. to the next level. You're possibly losing Kyle Hamilton. And so, you know, just being the, in, the, in the, the coach's room and just you're building a team. And then it's like, you know, in auto racing that you lose your transmission or you lose your engine and you have to rebuild that car. And you're still racing on the same course. And it's got to be frustrating. But that's the nature of college football today. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a win over North Carolina, a win that propelled them, JP, up three spots to number eight in the AP poll. And now you take a look at that top four. You know, that's definitely going to change in Notre Dame. We, we've talked about it. They need to control their own destiny to get into that outside chance of qualifying for the top four spots in the college football playoff. But Michigan State beats Michigan, knocks off a you know, team out of there and uh, we know Ohio State is going to have a battle down the road. They could lose again. So, I, you know, Notre Dame, I'm looking, if they don't finish in the top six, yeah, then it's going to be a very interesting end of the season. But right now, Navy's up. We'll talk about them on Thursday. But the 24-hour rule, celebrate the win. Take a look at what you need to do a little bit better. But the good thing is they're not going to face another Sam Howell. Yeah. Before we just get on to that uh... – to, to look towards the end of the season, you know me, I, I, I want to talk about the playoffs. I'm always looking ahead, but as our resident encyclopedic knowledge of Notre Dame history, where does Kyron Williams rank in terms of ND running backs, you see? You know, that's a very good question because... Uh, how many legendary runs? They were talking about that was probably the, one of the best runs ever at Notre yeah. Dame Stadium. And I looked at a, at a friend who was there during the Parsegian years, and I said, better that Penix... You know, big run against USC, 85 yards. And he said, Pinnock had blocking. Mm. And as I said, Kyron Williams makes others better. So it's the Kyron Williams era. Is he one of the best? He is the best this year. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) It's unfair to really go back. It's really unfair to go back and compare. But when you take a look at the skills, I would have to say he is in the top five. Mm. all time and that is coming from a stable but yeah. it's a different time different circumstances and i know Kyron williams would trade that for a national championship yeah and logan Diggs is looking good too um so i was having a little a little look so you, you start the, the first the first the first rankings come out tomorrow georgia are on another planet and alabama aren't far behind i don't think those two are going to lose another game Ohio State were pretty disappointing. They beat they beat Penn State, but, but Penn State is the team's now lost three in a row and lost in nine overtimes to Illinois. Uh, Ohio State has to play Michigan. They'll probably beat them. And Michigan State, Michigan State looking great. Michigan State also had to play Penn State. Uh, Oklahoma look a lot better with Caleb Williams, but they also have to, still have to play Oklahoma State and, and Baylor, um, who just beat Texas this weekend. Oregon shouldn't lose another game. 
because they've just got a Pac-12 schedule to finish out. Uh, and and that, and that's and that's a terrible conference this year. Cincinnati should win out, but they've got SMU. SMU are a good team, so there's probably one spot left. I think Oregon. If Cincinnati win out, then they probably take it. And then if Oregon win out, I think they probably take that fourth one just because I think one of Ohio State and Michigan is going to lose another game. So you know, the point JP is that uh, for listeners in the UK, toward the end of the season, traditionally the last game is a rivalry game. Like in Indiana, it's Indiana and Purdue. In Oregon, Oregon, Oregon State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Michigan, Ohio State. Throw mm. the records out. This is pride. This is teams playing, you know, to you know to win that rivalry. So anything is going to happen. So you might have an undefeated Georgia team that's going to get knocked off in a rivalry game. Oregon playing very well. They could get knocked off by in-state rival Oregon State. Oklahoma could get knocked off. Notre Dame, fortunately, doesn't have to, you know, play that end-of-the-year rivalry game. Every game is a rivalry game, if you will. And then they're not going to compete for a conference championship. And so that's a potential other loss for one of these teams. So Notre Dame controls their own destiny. And I know there's a lot of anti-Notre Dame people out there, that Notre Dame bias. But it also works into the favor of Notre Dame. But if Notre Dame can continue to get strong, there's always that outside possibility of Notre Dame qualifying for that top four spot. And frankly, it just, it's good for college football. Mm. And, and we'll see, even if they don't finish in the top four, it's a top six, it's a Fiesta or a Peach Bowl game against one of the Michigan teams. I mean, that would be, that would be a, what a spectacle that would be. Um, but again, when your games, we're going to, we're going to preview this Navy game on Thursday. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to see this team run the ball 80 times a game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so we'll be back on Thursday to talk about that one, Len. Uh, love wrapping this one up. Looking forward to, again, that rivalry game on the weekend. And as always, go on. Podcast Network.